Hello Saints, Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not in Jesus name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. Friend, do you realize that there are going to be thousands of people across this globe that are going to die today? Never in a million years thinking when they woke up this morning that this would be their very last day on the earth. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. For I am now ready, Paul says, the apostle, to be offered in the time of my departure is at hand. For I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. The time of my departure is at hand. Paul, who had come to the later years in his life and realizing by the Holy Spirit that his time was short, says this in verse 7, I have fought a good fight. He looks back upon the past. He sprinted to the end from the moment the Lord saved him. For I fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Friend, let me ask you something right now. Today is the very last day of your life on this earth. Will you be able to say with the Apostle Paul, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. Not somebody else's course course, but your course. I have kept the faith. Have you kept the faith? Have you boldly gone forward even when no man stood by you and stood with you, but yet the Lord was with you? And knowing that you and him were a majority, did you boldly press forward and do the will of God? Can you say that today? If if today was the last day of your life, will you be able to, would you be able to say that you had finished your course? It says in Hebrews 10, beginning in verse 36, for ye have need of patience or endurance as you sprint and run this race, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise that is eternal life. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry or will not uh, any longer delay. Now here's verse 38. Listen to this real close. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. I'm going to read it again. Hebrews 10:38. Now the just, that means those that are currently justified, presently. Now the just shall live, not one time in the past, but right now in the present, shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. My soul shall have no pleasure in him. Let me ask you something, friend. Are you acquiescing to the world or to Christ? Do you fear God or men? Are you more concerned about what man's going to think, about you witnessing and openly obeying the Lord and the Spirit of grace? Or are you more interested in pleasing the one who bled on Calvary's cross to redeem you and wash away all your wretched sins? That's the big question today. Paul said, if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Galatians 1.10. Jesus himself said, no man, that means no man, can serve two masters. No man can serve two masters. Jesus said, he that is not with me is against me. Luke chapter 12, verse 4. I say unto you, my friend, 
assurance, Be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do. But I will forewarn you, whom you shall fear. Fear him which after he hath killed, hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Now, if you ever had doubt whether or not a Christian is to fear God, you need not doubt anymore. Jesus is talking to all the people, and he says this, I say unto you, my friend, okay? The disciples were right there, as we see in verse 1. He was speaking to them specifically. There were others present also. But he says, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do. But I will forewarn you whom ye shall fear. Fear him which after he hath killed hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I send to you fear him. Fear God. Yes, you as a Christian. Let's keep reading. Verse 7 says, But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Verse 8, Also I say unto you, Whosoever shall confess me before men, him, him, him that confesses me before men, shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. But he that denieth me before men shall be denied before the angels of God. That does not need any explanation whatsoever. It certainly doesn't need a Calvinistic spin on it to poison it and pervert it. So let's read the undiluted word of God one more time in verse 8 and 9 of Luke 12. The words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I say unto you, whosoever, whosoever, whether you've been saved in the past or not, whosoever shall confess me before men, him shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. But he that denieth me before men shall be denied before the angels of God. That's very clear, isn't it? Again, Hebrews 10, 38, now the just shall live by faith, but if any man, any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. What happens when the righteous die, beloved? Let's look at this from another angle, perhaps that you have not quite considered, and maybe you have, but for those who haven't and those who have, let's talk about it. Isaiah 57, 1 and 2 says, the righteous perisheth, and no man layeth it to heart, and merciful men are taken away, none considering that the righteous is taken away from the evil to come. Notice when the righteous leave the earth, they're what? Taken away from the evil to come. It says in verse 2 of Isaiah 57, He shall enter into peace. They shall rest in their beds, each one walking in his uprightness. Hallelujah. When the righteous die, beloved, they're going to be with the Lord. Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Upon death, there is an immediate entrance of the eternal soul of the individual. Uh, That's a saved person, that is, into eternal glory. How do we know that? Well, we read in 2 Corinthians 5, 6, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. To be present with the Lord. To be with the Lord. To be literally present with the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6 through 8. Remember in Luke 16, where the poor man on earth became a rich man in eternity, and when he died, he was in comfort. Luke 16, 19 through 31. Remember the thief on the cross that believed on the Lord while dying on the cross next to Jesus Christ, who was shedding his blood for the sins of all of mankind. He believed in Christ as the Son of God and Messiah. And what did Jesus say? Today will you be with me in paradise. Today. That's one of the seven sayings of Jesus on the cross. And it was today you shall be with me in paradise. Somewhere there in the 23rd chapter of the book of Luke. I believe you can read that. So, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Now, let me ask you something concerning this moment till the end of your life. Are you running the race? Are you sprinting? Can you say with Paul, I have finished my course? Can you say that you have been faithful? I got good news for you. You can forget the past. You can forget the past. You can forget all of the past, including and in particular, since
since you've been saved. You can forget those. Paul said, this one thing I do, Philippians 3, 13 and 14. This one thing I do, forgetting, this is a deliberate decision, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before and pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Beloved, you can be severed from the effect and the especially the negative effect of your past by seeking to know him, Philippians 3, 10 through 14, and to do one thing deliberately, forget those things which are behind and reach forth unto those things which are before, pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We're on the last hundred meters. We're sprinting. It's the end of an Olympian race. Pull out all the stops, beloved. Don't draw back or the Lord will have no pleasure in you. Hebrews 10, 38, and also Hebrews 12, verse 2, tells us this. Wherefore, verse 1, Hebrews 12, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience or endurance and perseverance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him while he was on earth, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. God is looking for those who give free will offerings of their lives and hearts and treasures, time and treasures and talents. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. Okay, God loves a cheerful giver, right? One who gives volitionally uh, and delightfully as unto the Lord. But if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. He had a dispensation of the gospel. In other words, he had a specific calling, just like you do, beloved. You have a specific calling, just the same as this man of God, the apostle Paul did, who said that he had finished his course. That's right. He said he had fought a good fight. He had finished his my course, he said, I, and he said, I have kept the faith. Okay, Second Timothy 4, 7. So he says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 17, 18, what is my reward then? Verily, that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge that I abuse not my power in the gospel. Now this he comes back and says after in the first 14 verses of this verse, he sets the precedence for those who preach the gospel and how they should live of the gospel. Verse 19, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, for though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself, he's talking about out of his free will, I made myself servant unto all that I might gain the more. Then let's drop back down to verse 24. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. Run that you may obtain. Run. Don't walk and don't jog. Run that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Friend, there are so many people that take their whole life and they spend it to obtain corruptible crowns. Crowns that are perishing, beloved, with the using. There'll be no eternal value to them. Like the wind that blows by, it's here now and gone within split seconds. And within a split second, it's gone. So these people's treasure and reward comes and goes. And they even spend their lives and ruin families and also destroy any contentment that they could otherwise have in their hearts by pursuing the fleeting treasures of this life. The trinkets, I like to call it. It says in 2 Corinthians 4, uh, 17 and 18, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the 
things which are seen are temporal. They're temporary and fleeting. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Remember James 4, verse 14. It says that life is like a vaporous smoke that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Think about it. So there are those in this world, even those who claim to know the Lord, that they labor to do what? Uh, to obtain a corruptible crown. It's corruptible. It's like a perishable food. It only lasts for a few days, a few fleeting moments. But we, in incorruptible, Jesus said to lay up treasures in heaven, right? Because it's eternal. He even said in Luke 12 to make for yourselves bags in the heavenly. That's kind of paraphrase, but you can read it in the 12th chapter of Luke. By the way, I highly recommend that you go and read Luke 12 to get a deeper grasp on the mind of Christ concerning this very thing, okay? He says in verse 33 of Luke, I just can't help it. Let me read you this one verse. Sell that you have and give alms. Give love offerings to people that have need. Provide yourselves bags. Bags. A lot of meaning there. Bags which wax not old. A treasure in the heavens. There it is. A treasure in the heavens that faileth not. Treasure in the heavens that faileth not. Where no thief approaches, neither moth corrupteth. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So he says to lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Matthew 6, 19 through 21. You might want to write all these verses down. Matthew 6, 19 through 21. And go and learn them and memorize them. Write them on an index card. Pour over them and make them a part of your life as you prayerfully pour over them. Luke 12, 33 tells us, Jesus says that provide yourselves bags which wax not old. They have eternal value. You're putting your time and your treasure and your talent into that which will never stop giving back dividends forever. Provide yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approacheth, neither moth corrupt. Nobody can touch your investment with the Lord. He will reward everything you do in his name and by his power and by the grace of God in this life. Hallelujah. So verse 26, 1 Corinthians 9. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. I'm not just punching into the air. I'm not just running with uncertainty. There's a certainty that he's saying that I, he will receive a great prize, which we see all over the scriptures. Jesus said that you will reap fruit unto eternal life if you partake and obey him in the great commission. John 4, 34 through 36. Now, verse 27, the last verse in this passage here in 1 Corinthians 9, and we're getting ready to wrap this up. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Notice, Paul says, in order to keep fighting and to keep running my course and to sprint till the finish line, I keep under my body. I keep it under the strength and dominion of the Holy Spirit of God and the Word of God through fasting and prayer, through buffeting the body and keeping it crucified. Romans chapter 6. I keep under my body. The word keep denotes that it's an ongoing daily thing. Jesus said, if any man will follow me, let him do what? If you want to know how to follow Jesus, here it is. Jesus told us how to follow him. Not my way, not your way, not the way that the modern church portrays through their lightness and their unbiblical teachings. But no, here it is. If any man will follow me, let him do what? Deny himself. Do what with himself? Deny himself. Deny his own will. Deny his own pleasures. Deny himself. Take up his cross, nailing your self-will to the cross so that Christ's greater and glorious will can prevail. Deny yourself. Take up your cross daily 
There it is. How often? Daily, constant, perpetual, and follow me. That's how we follow Christ. According to Luke 9, 23 and 24. Luke 9, 23 and 24. That's in all of the Gospels. More than once in some cases. Dude, he says, I keep under my body. That goes with the word daily in the scripture we just recited. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest by any means when I have preached to others, I myself be a castaway. Not only will you lose reward, you can become a castaway. What is a castaway? A one who is cast away from God ultimately. Now, Second Timothy 4 is where we begin. And let's go ahead and wrap this up. I have fought a good fight. Verse 7. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Okay, the Bible says to lay hold on eternal life. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. First Timothy 6.12. Why do we need to lay hold on eternal life if it is automatically going to be there no matter what we do after he saves us? There would have been no reason for the Holy Ghost of God, God Almighty himself, to inspire Paul to pen those words if, in fact, you were as sure for heaven as if you were already there no matter what you did after you got saved. That is just absolutely not biblical. doesn't matter how convincing people try to be, how long and loud they preach it, it still isn't biblical, beloved. That's not the picture of salvation we see in Scripture. Jesus himself said you must endure to the end to be saved. Well, who was he talking to? Well, how would he be talking, first of all, to anyone that wasn't already in his kingdom if he was talking about enduring to the end. Enduring in what if they weren't saved? That's ridiculous to even think that. It's uh, Matthew 10, 22. Jesus is talking to his very 12 and he says this. He gives them a promise. This is something that's ignored by 99.99999% of people who call themselves Christian leaders, but they won't reflect and just preach the words of the Christ they claim to follow. Matthew 10, 22. Jesus tells his own 12. Here's a promise he gave them. Here's a promise you'll scarcely find on somebody's refrigerator. Jesus said, you shall be hated. You shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endureth to the end the same shall be saved. He promised them that they would be hated and he gave them the instructions that you must endure to the end to be saved. Matthew 10, 22. Also Matthew 24, 13. Okay, so Paul says here, 2 Timothy 4, I have, 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, because of this, and from here on, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Do you love his appearing? Are you looking for Christ to return? Are you living your life as though he could be coming today? Hebrews 9, 28 tells us that Jesus is coming for who? Those that are looking for him. Those that are looking for him. First Thessalonians 1, 10 speaks of those who look to and for his son from heaven. Hebrews 12, 1, 2, and 3, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. First John 3, 3, speaking of the return of Christ, it says, every man that has this hope in him, purifies himself even as he is pure. Run that you may obtain. First Corinthians 9:24, our featured verse. Hebrews 10:38. We'll finish with this. I want this to resonate in your spirit, even as the Holy Spirit would see fit. If any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Safeguardyoursoul.com.
God bless you. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month. And your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit our donate page on the site. And you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon. And you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.